Parsons you're listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Wednesday, December 29th, and we are just days away from the Outback Opt-Out Bowl. Just kidding, it's the Outback Bowl, but there's a lot of opt-outs. Your Penn State Nittany Lions are taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks in Tampa, Florida. It is a New Year's Day bowl game in beautiful weather things are a little weird in Penn State country right now but it's still a bowl game we're still going to preview it we're still going to watch it and hope for a win my name is Chris Hankin joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio Pat how the hell are you man um I'm, I'm nervous about this game man <laughs> uh, like a week or so ago I was feeling pretty good you know uh Arkansas's best wide receiver had opted out a guy who they run like a heavy amount of their offense through and no one had really announced for Penn State yet. And I was like, ooh, this could be good. <laughs> and then, in the words of the immortal John Madden, boom, here come the opt-outs. Yep, yep, that's it. I mean, this is, this is a little bit unprecedented for Penn State. Franklin said in his, in his press conference today that he's been a head coach for 12 years and he's never had a ball opt-out. Um, obviously, last year, you know, Mike opted out the entire year. It's a different scenario, different, different kind of circumstance. But he said he's never had an opt-out for a bowl game, which actually surprised me. To think that in his entire time at Penn State, we've never had an opt-out, like with some of the guys that we've had gone very high in the draft. Yeah. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, but it, it puts this year in perspective a little bit. As of right now, uh, we have six opt-outs. We have Brandon Smith, Ellis Brooks, Jaquan Brisker, Jahan Dotson, Arnold Ebikati, and Derek Tangelo. Um, and I think also Rashid Walker. Uh, well, he's, he's hurt as far as I know. He's hurt. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so let's go through this. We're going to dive into the entire situation, but let's go through kind of the status of everything. So those six that I just mentioned are opted out, all heading to the NFL draft. Best of luck to those guys. Uh, those that have announced they are returning, Sean Clifford, we talked about last episode, obviously coming back. Since then, we've also heard Jair Brown is coming back. Jonathan Sutherland is coming back. And Joey Porter Jr. is coming back. All key parts of this defense, which is nice to see. And then you and I were just kind of talking about this before we started recording. The, the, the ones that I have listed as like question marks right now. Um, Rashid Walker, he is out for the bowl game. Franklin has confirmed that Olu Fashanu will start at left tackle. But we haven't heard on anything about him going pro yet. Uh, Walker is one that came into this year with some first round hype. Obviously not there anymore. Um, so we don't know what he's doing yet. Uh, PJ Mustafer, obviously still hurt. He's not playing in this bowl game, but we haven't heard anything about his future yet. Um, I would expect and hope that he returns, but he's a guy that probably could go pro if he wanted to. Uh, Jordan Stout, definitely going pro. I, I think he's playing in the bowl game. We haven't really heard one way or the other. Uh, Jesse Lucchetta seems to be 100% playing in the bowl game, um, but same thing. He's going to the senior bowl. I assume he's going pro. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields, assume he's going pro. Hasn't said anything. And then the other one I've seen just on the Twitterverse a little bit is Mike Miranda. Uh, some people thought he might be one to add to the NFL. Um, I think he still has eligibility left. Um, but kind of out of all of that, let's, let's start with maybe any of the questionables. Anything there that you're, is on your mind? Anything you're concerned about, surprised about? Anything that I missed? Yeah, I mean, I'd be very surprised if P.J. Mustard goes to the NFL at this point. Um, and we, we can talk about that on a different episode. Uh, I'm not super surprised about Luketa just because I think, you know, he's not a guy who's going to be in the first two days of the draft. You know, he can go out there with something to prove against a quality team. Um, Tariq, I could see being an opt-out either way, but he's also like, you know, he's, I think, best-case scenario, a day-two guy. Mm-hmm. 
and I, I think it's a bit rarer for guys who are going to be, you know, if you're not going to be inside those first two days to opt out. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about the opt-outs then. Um, I think, you know, Brisker, Dotson, Ebiketti were easy 100%. So we knew they were leaving and going pro. Um, but we kind of talked about on one of the last episodes, you know, those three guys are also playing in the senior bowl and they're going to go and, and play in Alabama in that, in that kind of scrimmage and in that, um, you know, they practice, they run drills, they run all the kind of things. So it's, I guess, a little bit surprising to me, um, you know, to, to not play this last game when you know that you're still going to go out and play in something um ellis brooks i'm I, i'm kind of happy he's going pro he had you know the best year that he's ever had um i think the cost benefit of coming back doesn't really go in his favor like how much better could he perform next year to to raise his stock i think like he's hot right now go for it yeah. um brandon brandon smith is the one that that surprised me a little bit um i think he is a Mid-round pick at this point, I've seen him in mock drafts go third round. I've seen him go fourth round. I mean, with a good combine, maybe he's a guy that people take a flyer on in the second round um, because he is an athletic specimen. Um, but I thought one more year could really, really help him. Uh, and then Derek Tangelo today was a surprise completely. Um, I did not see that one coming. I thought, you know, he had a pretty good year filling in for PJ Mustafer. I figured he would come back, kind of try to dominate and, and work himself into uh, – into you know a mid-round pick um but there was some rumblings on twitter as to why why he may not be playing um which did you see this no (laughs) oh so for the bloggy quote tweeted um my tweet when i said he's opting out uh they said sorry but this one makes no sense to us unless he's hurt putting out quality film against one of college football's better interior offensive line, uh, Arkansas, is something that a, a late day three projected pick at best should want to show his future employer. Yeah, and that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin Horn, who has covered Penn State for a while, uh, I think he's part of the obligatory podcast at this point. He said, everyone on the beat knows why he's not playing, but of course they won't report it. Let's just say he's playing in as many bowl games as classes he attended this year. Oh. Yeah, so take that for what you will. This is from Kevin Horn. I have no other sources or credibility to that, but maybe that played a factor. Maybe he couldn't play. Maybe he wasn't allowed to play. Maybe he's just like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm moving on. Um, I don't know. But I think for the most part, um, happy for these guys that are going to the NFL. Go chase a dream. But let's talk about the opt-outs. We haven't had this ever at Penn State before. Now we have six and maybe counting. What's your thought process on, you know, opting out of bowl games outside of the playoff. I don't like it. I got to be honest with you. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go as far to say it's like a, uh, a blemish on your character, but I think it's a weak move. If I'm being totally honest, like I understand why it's done hundred percent. It's not only the risk of injury, but it's, you know, these guys are now training for the combine and that, that can make a big difference in, you know, a, a few tenths of, not even a few hundredths of a second in your 40 time can make a big difference in where you get drafted. But like, I, I, I don't sign on for this whole, like why play in a meaningless game thing. First of all, they're playing in the senior bowl. You want a meaningless game. There's nothing less meaningful than the senior bowl. And there's no such thing as a meaningless game. As far as I'm concerned, like if you care about football, every game matters, like winning matters. And I'm not telling you that you have to, you should be, you owe this to me as a fan, but like, you owe it to the guys you've played with for four years, I think. Like, they, they all call each other brothers publicly. That's not what you do. You don't just abandon your brother in, in, a, game that, in, in a game that's on national television. 
Every game matters. If you want to talk about like opting out after games become meaningless, right, opt out after we lost Ohio State because every game was meaningless after that. Nothing mattered after that. If games are meaningless, I, I don't like it. I, 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 you know, I'm not one of these guys who be like, I wouldn't draft some kid who would opt out. Well, of course I still would. It, it's become an accepted thing, and I get it, but I think it's wrong. Yeah, no, you know what? I, I'm happy you said that because we are on very opposite sides of this, and this makes for good conversation. Yeah. I don't care at all. Um, I hear what you're saying a lot, and like, I, don't, I don't completely disagree with you. I just don't personally care. So I think, I think a couple things, one, you know, opt out after we lose, like, no, you have to put on, you have to put out tape and you have to put out, you have to put out a season for NFL scouts to see. You have to do that. A bowl game is very different than a regular season in my eyes. Um, Senior bowl, I think is actually kind of meaningful because one, it's coached by NFL staffs. So two NFL staffs actually coach each team and tons of scouts are there significantly just to look at draft prospects. They don't do that for regular bowl games. They don't go to every single bowl game and scout. Do they go to a lot of them? Sure. Do they go to some of the big ones? Absolutely. Um, but they don't go to every one of them. So I think there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, what I will say I think is is kind of crazy is like, this is happening all across the country in all kinds of bowl games. I think this is like a little bit different this year because of the last two years that we've had, how crazy COVID was last year, not knowing if we were going to have seasons, not knowing what was going to happen. Like you look at the Rose bowl, that is a prestigious game. I know it's not a playoff, but Ohio state has all of their top guys opting out. That's crazy. So like you, you can't just say, Oh, it's just an outback bowl. They don't care. This is happening at every bowl. So I think it's more kind of a, uh, a take on like what's happening across the country than just like what's happening at Penn state. Um, but personally, like, I just, I don't care because I, I'm, I'm never going to understand the decision. Like I'm never going to understand, especially, especially for guys like Dotson and Brisker and AK. Like those guys are about to get millions of dollars, life changing money. We've had this exact conversation on here before. Like you look at, you look at last year, like, I saw this tweet. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't credit the person. I don't remember who it was, but Micah Parsons opted out of the entire season, arguably, well, definitely defensive rookie of the year, arguably defensive player of the year. Rashawn Slater tackle for the chargers opted out of the entire year is having a dominant season for them. Jamar chase opted out of the entire year is one of the best rookie wide receivers in, in the NFL on the Bengals. Kyle Pitts opted out of his bowl game and is having a, a great year for the Atlanta Falcons. All four of those rookies, all selected to the Pro Bowl as rookies. Like, you can't tell me that, like, oh, they owe it to their brothers. They owe it to this. No, they're going and they're having career, career years. Like, I, I just don't care. And I know I'm rambling a little bit, but, like, good for them in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to deny that it's the right move for their career. I, I, I can't. It clearly is. I just – I don't think it's – it's not something that I personally think is a good thing to do. And that's fine. And, that, that's cool. Yeah. Like we, we, I, 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 don't, I can see your I point. don't think it's the worst thing. Like, I'm not like, these people are bad people. Yeah. They're, you know, they're morally deficient or they're low character. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. But I just, you know, I, I see that happen. I'm like, oh, that, you know, I, it disappoints me a little bit. I'm like, ah, that's not the kind of, I didn't yeah. see that out of him. I agree with you on that. I, it definitely is disappointing. I would love to see one more game of Jahan Dotson. I would love to see one more game of Jaquan Brisker. Um, but I get it and I understand it. And like, I just don't care that much. I think like, I think the bigger topic and the more interesting topic is like, 
is this just because of like COVID in the last year and things being weird and bowls being canceled? Like, or is this the future of where we are with the playoff matters and nothing else matters? I think this is a trend. I agree. I agree, which that but part like, is a little bit scary. Here's the weird thing to me about like the playoff matters and nothing else matters. Like, none of it, none of these bowl games mattered before anyway. The Outback Bowl didn't matter. You weren't yeah. winning a national championship because you were in the Outback Bowl. It doesn't matter any less now than it did then. I, so I, I don't see that. I, I don't understand the argument that like, the playoff has changed this. These games didn't matter before if that's how you look at them. I agree. I think the, the only thing was like there was one national championship and then everything else was there were still some prestigious balls. Now it's like the four teams that are in the playoff. And if you're not in the playoff, that dominates so much of the conversation that like it just doesn't feel as special. It should. You can't, you can't tell me the holiday bowl feels less special than it did before. No, 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 no. Not that The Meineke Car Care Bowl. Like, no, I agree. I, sure, I can get it with the Rose Bowl. With That's what I'm with that. about. Yeah, I can see that. Like you're saying opt-outs at bowls of lower levels too and and from my perspective like i don't i think opt-outs at bowls of lower levels should always have happened like i i think that's fine um but it's 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 definitely a trend it's definitely becoming more real and like i mean you do have to look at the horror stories too right like i know that they are technically the exceptions but i mean jake butt was the top tight end in the class that year it was said to be a first rounder got hurt in his bowl game he never recovered his career was nothing in the nfl uh, it was a Jalen Smith from Notre Dame broke his leg or tore his ACL. Or so I don't forget what it was, but in a, in a bowl game that for lack of a better word, didn't have a lot of implications, you know, it wasn't a championship. So I think like, I, I agree with you. Like you can't say what matters and what doesn't matter because you're right. Certain regular season games technically don't really matter. Um, but I, for me, it's like, you owe it to the regular season. Yes, you're competing. You're trying to put out the best product. You're putting out the best version of yourself. When it comes to the postseason, like, especially in a year that, like, that we've had, like, it doesn't feel like we're playing for a ton. So I kind of get it. I, I feel like we're playing for a respectable season. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone's going to look back on this and say, I think this season is forgotten already. Like, people, yeah. people see this as, as a 7-5 season, like, I don't think the result seven, of this I mean, game, Eight and five feels a lot better than seven and six, though. I completely much. agree with you. Completely agree with you. But I, I don't think, like, this isn't one that, like, people look back on and be like, oh, yeah, that, that Outback Bowl we won, and it kind of changed my whole opinion on that team. Like, yeah, of course. Uh, but, like, I, you know, if, if you're – how far are you going to take this? Like, at what point – so when you're talking about NFL careers, like, the, where your draft position is, no game in college is really that meaningful. When, when are people going to start opting out of the playoffs? Because they're a surefire top five pick. Yeah. No, that's totally. And that, that kind of was my point with the Micah Parsons, Rishon Slater, Jamar Chase. Those guys knew that they were top picks. They opted out of their full seasons for yeah. COVID. And again, COVID is a crazy outside variant, variant circumstance, whatever. Um, like crazy, crazy, crazy circumstances. But those guys all opted out, honed their crafts, worked on these specific things that they needed to work on and are dominating their rookie years. Like, that's kind of a case study to say, like, is that the smart thing to do? Like, I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying people should, but it's fucking interesting. Yeah. I think it kind of ruins the product of college football that we love. I agree. Which a bummer. Which, which hopefully, and to bring this full circle, hopefully the whole NIL and the evolution of kids being able to make money while in college eventually kind of outweighs some of this, right? Because why are you skipping things? Because you are 
yeah. banking on getting paid when you go to the NFL. If your kids like, I mean, what was it Quinn Ewers, the kid who went to Ohio State and now flipped to Texas already? There's reports that he's made several million dollars and he has not thrown a single pass. Yeah. Like, if you are a top prospect and you're able to do that kind of stuff in college, this is a whole nother conversation on whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. But if you're able to do that, then maybe we get to a point where, yeah, they will play in bowls and they will play in, in you know, less meaningful things. And maybe not because, you know, at that yeah. point, if you're, if you're that good, then yeah, you're going to go top, top picks. But I don't know. I, th- I think there's a future where both can exist, but it's definitely a little bit concerning. Yeah. And like, how do you feel about, what about the argument people saying, all right, these guys opt out of this bowl game to prepare for the NFL combine. Like that, that's a big reason they do it. Not just to prevent mm-hmm. injury, prepare sure. for the combine. Well, they're going to be preparing for the combine with Penn State's strength and conditioning staff and Penn State's facilities and running in Penn State's pro day. Like what, what should Penn State not like, what, what if you opt out? Should you not allow guys to attend your pro day? Should you not allowed to be allowed in the facilities anymore? No, because I think they've earned it. Like, in my opinion, you've, you've put in your blood, sweat, and tears for three or four years. You've given us everything you have. It's our turn now to help you. That's part of the agreement, right? You're going to come here and you're going to help us win games. We're going to help you achieve your dream, right? Whether that's in the classroom, on the field, in the community, all the things that Franklin preaches, that's what it's about, right? So, I, and I saw someone, someone tweeted that, like, uh, uh, one, of the, one of our followers was like, honest question like if someone opts out do they still get to go to the bowl game and get the gifts and all of that maybe not that right maybe you don't get to go to the bowl game and 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 enjoy the festivities and and get the gifts and all of that but like i i think the you've you've paid your dues to the school the school owes it to you to then help you get to the next level because at the end of the day that's good for the school right yeah, if you're getting drafted high and like how bad would that be if a school is like no you can't compete in our pro day and then your, your draft stock slips because of that you know that's bad luck. um so I, I think there's, I think there's an interesting three to five years probably that we're looking at where this is either going to take off in one way or the other. Like things are going to settle down and get back to a little bit of normal where, you know, it's very rare that people opt out or this will become the new norm and bowl games as we know, it will be very different. Which I think sucks. I agree. I agree with that. I, I, I'm completely agree that it sucks. I don't care that much, but it does suck. All right, that's a good ramble. Ladies and gentlemen, this is end of season. This is end of season rants right now. Yeah, it is. Um, so let's look at this game, right? Obviously, there is a game to be played. There are some benefits, right? We're going to see some young guys get some playing time. We're going to get to see some maybe some people we haven't seen before. Uh, like I said, we are taking on Arkansas. They are 8-4 and four this season. They finished third in the SEC West. Uh, they have some wins over Texas. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, all who were ranked at the time. Uh, big losses were to Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, and Alabama. Um, it's kind of what happens when you play in the SEC. Um, I, I think this is kind of an interesting matchup. Um, this game opened up. I think Penn State was like a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. Uh, it has swung. Arkansas is now a one-point favorite. Um, over-unders at 48 like, I, I think this is a pretty decent matchup. What do you know about Arkansas? Obviously, you mentioned Traylon Burks, their top wide receiver is out. I think you mentioned someone else is out for them, too. Their top defensive end, I forget his name, but really their only really good pass rusher is out, which is good news, obviously, for Penn State. Sure. Uh, the, the bad news is pass protection wasn't our biggest problem Yeah. on the offense. Um, but it certainly will help, especially with Rasheed Walker being out. Yeah. So what's your take on this Arkansas team? Um, how do you think we match up? We'll get it. We'll get into our, our topics of what to watch for. Don't be surprised if key to victory. Um, but, but where do, where do you see us kind of matching up with them? I mean, these, 
I, I think if we had a full team, I believe hardly that we could win. But like with these opt-outs, man, uh, the opt-outs on defense are going to could kill us. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's this two is starting a, linebackers, your starting safety, starting defensive end, starting defensive tackle. Yeah, we're missing three out of, and with uh, Jesse Luketa most likely playing linebacker, we're missing three out of four guys on our defensive line. Yep. We have one guy who's played at linebacker this year, like yep. regularly doing it. Jesse Luketa has played some linebacker, but certainly not a lot of it. Um, and you're going up against a team that is has a good offensive line and runs the ball really well with a, with a legit dual-threat quarterback. Um, you know, it's, well, it's going to be a lot of gap assignment and run-stopping that the guys on the field have not done at the college level, basically. You know, you're, you're going to be yeah. missing two linebackers who have been elite run-stoppers this year, yeah. in, especially in Ellis Brooks, who's been great against the run, and Jaquan Brisker who's been great against the run. That's going to be really tough. Um, KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, is a very good runner. He's huge. He's like 6'5", and like at, I, over 250, I'm fairly sure. Oh, damn. That's a big boy. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll get the officials on that in a second. But, and he's also he's a good enough game manager as a passer to offset that, you know, to – Complement the running game. The guys thrown twenty one touchdowns and three interceptions this season. It's pretty good. You know? like it's pretty good. He's not yeah. a great downfield passer, but he's accurate enough. He completes his passes in sixty yards. He doesn't throw long passes. Averages under ten yards a, a, a reception. But on top of the fact that he's their second leading rusher and averages four point four yards a carry, he's a better rusher than every. Every person in the Penn State backfield. That's tough. That's you know, tough to like, swallow. That's tough to swallow. ESPN has him listed at 6'3", 245. He's a sophomore. Uh, this season. That was a little off, but. Damn close. He's big. This season completed passes at a 67% clip, uh, just under 2,600 yards. Like you mentioned, 21 touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, yeah, that's going to be a challenge for a lot of unproven talent on the defense. Yeah, like, and the, the good news is I, <clears throat> I do think even with Brisker out, our defensive backfield is strength with Tariq Castro-Fields, Joey Porter Jr., Jair Brown in there, especially with Traylon Burks out. I mean, he has nearly half of the team's receiving yards. Oh, wow. He's, he's got 1,100 out of the team, out of K.J. Jefferson's 2,500 passing yards. You know? That's yeah. – uh, significant yeah very significant i mean they're they're next he has 1100 their next leading receiver has 300 um that is a significant gap um and and bowl bowl games are crazy you know there are guys that can step up and have breakout performances but this seems like especially without burks this is going to be a team that probably is going to try to run it run it with him and, and expose some of those weak spots in our defense. So let's get into our, into our topics here. First, as always, is what to watch for. What's a matchup you're looking for. What's a storyline you're looking for. What's something that you are keeping your eye on. Um, I think what's what, you know, I mentioned it already. What to watch for is how does Penn state do against the run? Um, If, if Arkansas is breaking off big chunk plays consistently with the run game, I, you know, Penn state's got no chance at winning this game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm a little different in the fact that like, and we, we kind of covered this in our, in our debate of opt-outs, like, yes, of course, the game matters to an extent. But at the same time, for me, this game is more about like, this is a jump on spring ball. This is a, this is a glorified scrimmage against a good opponent. Like, you're going to, this is a better than a blue and white game. Obviously, you're playing SEC talent, albeit they're not a great SEC team. They are an SEC team. They go up against some of the best of the best every single year. Um, so for me, what to watch for is the unexpected step up. Uh, we already know Olu Fushano is going to start at left tackle. We know that Jonathan Sutherland is moving to linebacker from safety. Uh, we know that Malik Mega is likely that third wide receiver with Dotson out. Um, we saw that in the in the regular season a little bit. But I'm kind of watching for, like, who else has their moment in the spotlight? You know, is there a, another young wide receiver that maybe sees some time and make, makes a flashy play or two? Um, who gets reps at linebacker, right? It's, it's Curtis Jacobs. It's Sutherland. Like you mentioned, Lucetta will probably play there. Um, but you would have to think you'd want to get some of the young guys in there. And then you got to think about uh, Kobe King, his brother. Kobe King. Kobe King, Jamari Budden. Um, you have to think about red shirts. I think Franklin those guys have has played. said that he's they're going to burn some red shirts this game. Interesting. Like, why would which you is, do just in this? Which, to be honest, with you, is another reason I don't like the opt outs. Like, that's actually affecting yeah. the program's future. Sure, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so looking at the linebackers, um, secondary, right? Brisker's out. Is it Jalen Reed? Is it Keaton Ellis who's taking that second safety spot? Um, and then who the hell is playing on the D line, right? So like, Nick I think for me, I can tell you that yeah, much. Nick Tarburton will be there. Um, but yeah, it's guys like Kaziah Izzard, maybe Zariah Fisher, um, you know, uh, Amon uh, Vanover. Like there, there are there are names that we've heard yeah. and we've seen and have played in flashes. And like, I, I'm just interested to be like, okay, who's going to be the unexpected one that we like? You know what? That guy, his coming out party was the Outback Bowl against Arkansas, where we saw that he had real potential and he became a future starter. That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. That's what you certainly hope to see. Don't be surprised if. What is your bold prediction for this Outback Bowl? Uh, you know, don't be surprised if Penn State's passing game is still very effective without Jahan Dotson. Um, I mean, he's a guy you, you really you can't replace. You cannot replace a Jahan Dotson <laughs> or a Gary Bertier. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. But, you know, we've got legit options uh, with Parker Washington, with, I think, Malik Mega shows some flashes. Um, Andrew Lambert-Smith. Yeah, Andrew Lambert-Smith, even Cam Sullivan-Brown. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And Theo Johnson, Brenton Strange. And to be honest with you, I don't see our running defense getting any – I mean, running game getting any better – in, you would, in you wouldn't game, expect this just to be the random game where it happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the, this, the offense is going to be being run through the pass. And uh, hopefully with like an entire month off, we see the healthiest Sean Clifford we've seen since Iowa. So don't be surprised if, you know, this is a, still a game where he is beating down the door 300 yards passing. Interesting. Uh, my don't be surprised if is a little bit different than that. Um, don't be surprised if Christian Veyu plays a significant portion of this game. Um, if Sean Clifford plays the entire game, I agree with you. Should be like a 300-yard passing performance. The game should go through his arm. Like, absolutely. Um, but I personally I personally think Christian Veyu should play the entire second half, like regardless of score. Um, I think this is a jump start on next year's assessment. I think this is an opportunity to say, 
let's see what this kid is against a real SEC defense, against real competition, so that we have a little bit of a jump start on spring ball and we know what we're getting out of him. Um, we've had this whole conversation about what next year is going to look like. I understand Cliff is the starter. I am rooting for Cliff. I hope Cliff is amazing. Um, but in a game that doesn't have any real implications, I'm going to keep saying that, like at the end of the day, this is sure it's for, for a, a, a cap on the end of the season to go out with the win, to beat SEC competition. Like, I think it just is so much more valuable to get your number two, who really has only played one college game, get him some, some legit experience against a solid defense so that you can see what you have in him. Um, the uproar from large swaths of our fan base if we lost a close game because we played our backup quarterback the second half would be insane. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, like, I would. just – I don't think people like, care I, that I, if, much. If we, were, if we were getting killed, I could understand it. But if we lost a game by, like, a one possession yeah, and, and that's we had our like, backup quarterback in the whole second half, unless he balled out. Yeah, true. I think I – think, there would be like riotous uproar from a lot of fans. I, I, I think you're right, but I, I just, I don't know. Like for me, I don't like, what's the value in cliff play with, with, you know, you know the, what the, cliff value, is. the value is winning. There's always yeah. value in winning football games. Sure. Sure. But I think there's so much more value in development and understanding what you have and being ready for what happens if cliff is not available next year. What happens if he gets hurt? What happens if something goes wrong? You can't put all your eggs in, in the Drew Aller basket as much as we want to. Like, I want Veyu to be a – I want him to be a such a good backup that, like, we have that conversation of who should be starting. Like, that's what you want out of your development, and I just – I think this is a really good opportunity to do it. Obviously, if it's a close game at half, Franklin's not going to do that. I know that. I'm not an idiot. But I think if it were me, I would say, Veyu, you're getting the second half no matter what, personally. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I would uh, be surprised if. I'll put it that way. I, yeah. You know what? Maybe this is a be surprised if it happens. Yeah. Um, all right. Key to victory. What's, uh, what's going to put us over the edge and, and get the W in this game? Key to victory is going to be first down uh, defense, man. I think if Arkansas is ripping off five yards on first down every time, at Penn State, it's going to be a long day for Penn State. But if Penn State can stack the box, force them, to get three yards or less, a tackle for a loss on first down, make them throw the ball. I do not think KJ Jefferson is like a game-breaking quarterback. I think yeah. if you force him into third and long, even with the probable lack of pass rush we'll have with guys missing, he's going to miss more first downs than he makes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, my key to victory, I know I'm beating this horse to death. The score does not matter to me. My key to victory, my victory in this game, the real key is get valuable reps for, for potential future starters and avoid injury. However you do that, that is a victory in my book. And I know people aren't going to want to hear this. Like, I can see your eye roll at me, Pat. I see it. I don't like it. I like like winning games. You play to win the game. And I think, I think maybe even as little as like a year or two ago, I would completely agree with you. I just feel like, you I don't, don't know. play well, just we, to play it. You don't play just to play it. You play to win the game. That was my Herm Edwards. Um, I just, I feel like the craziness of these last couple of years, not knowing if we were going to have a season during COVID, having games canceled left and right. We were a lucky program that we got to play a full season in 2020, as ugly as it was. 2021, 
it's back to kind of a normal season. And then we get into this craziness of, oh, bowls are getting canceled again and players are opting out. And like, it just, it almost doesn't feel real to me, like just in general. And maybe next year I'll be back on the train of like, everything matters, win at all costs. I don't care. But like right now in this moment, like I'm just so excited for the future of this team, but I'm ready to start on next year. Like I want this game to be that start. I can see that. People are, people are going to, I think people are going to enjoy this episode because they're either going to agree completely with you or completely with me. Yeah. And they'll, <laughs> they'll be on one of the sides. This is a nice, this is a nice opposition that we've had here. Um, so let's get some final score predictions. Like I mentioned, uh, the last I saw it, Arkansas is a one point favorite, but figure it's, it's going to be close regardless of what book you're looking at. And the over-under is around 48. What is your final prediction for the final game of this season? It's not one that I like making. I gotta be honest. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I, I just there's a, you know, I I hope they prove me wrong, but there's just too many guys missing for Penn State for me to pick them in this game. Yeah. Um, and I see this as like a twenty-four to probably twenty-eight or thirty-two victory for Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'm going to say 24 to 30. I don't completely disagree. Um, But I'm going to go against everything I've said this entire podcast, and I'm taking Penn State to win. Um, I love it. I love it. Do I I think we're actually going to win? I have no idea. I think it's going to be a very close game either way. Uh, I have Penn State winning 27 to 24, so similar similar score range as you. I think think we both have it going over that 48. Um, Our defense is going to let up points. It's going to happen. I think giving them 24 is – probably conservative um you know there i think there's a chance that they can score much more depending on how our defense looks but like like you said we still have some we still have some significant players our secondary is still going to be very good um you still have curtis jacobs you have jesse lucetta who, who knows what he's doing there i i think there's there's some opportunity um and then if our offense is is having fun you know playing loose getting some things going maybe we put the pressure on them and we we come out get an early lead and and you know Take it to the house. So 27, 24, Penn State wins it. Nothing matters, but everything matters. Yeah. I think this is the first time on the podcast I've actually picked against Penn State. I thought about doing it because, like, if, I'm, if I was actually making <laughs> – Through all the games of Ohio bets, State that I've picked Penn State. <laughs> yeah. Every time we play Ohio State, we pick them to win by two or three points. Um, I'm just not doing it this time. And that's – it's fair, man. We have six starters out. Six really good starters out. Um, this is not a game we should win, to be honest. And that, that's almost why I'm lobbying for, like, get we have seven reps. out, don't we? We've got five on defense and two on offense. Who's the second on offense besides Dotson? Rashid Walker. Oh, yeah, good call. I forgot. He's not a knockout, thinking, but he's out. You're right. You're 100% right. Uh, seven starters out of this game. Half our um, defense is not playing. Yeah. Everything, everything says we should lose this game. If you are actually going to make a bet, I would not advise you to bet on Penn State. Um, maybe if you can get a money line and some good odds, like if you're, you know, you just want to throw a flyer and hope for the best. Um, I would just bet on the over and root for points. That's what I would do. That's what I likely do. If I lived in a state where betting was legal, New York, get your shit together. Um, I, I just, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. I think this is probably the first time in a long time where I will actually mean what I'm about to say. I'm not going to let this game dictate like my mood on that day. I probably will. Even when I, even when I say that, <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't care if we, we don't care if we lose. Like it still pisses me off. This yeah. game, I just, 
I'm not as invested. I want to be more invested. I want to be leaning on your side of things. I want to be less invested, but I can't do it. (laughs) We're a good team, Pat. We're a good team. (laughs) Um, All right. Anything else for this game? Anything you got uh, on your mind? Um, Big news for Penn State Wrestling. Okay, what uh, do we got? Announced the transfer in of 125-pounder Drew Hildebrandt. This has been a massive hole in Penn State's lineup this year. Uh, This is a potential All-American. Uh, he, he is going to threaten for a top eight spot at nationals, score points there, hopefully. Uh, it gets Penn State one step closer to possibly winning a national championship this year. Nice. Shout out Penn State Wrestling. Speaking of transfers in, obviously we're not really covering it on this episode, but Penn State football got a transfer in from Western Kentucky. Big one. Mit- Mitchell Tinsley, I believe Tinsley, is his name. Yeah. Big time wide receiver. Um, we'll cover all of that in an offseason episode, but you know, you lose a guy like Jahan Dotson. As you said, you cannot replace a Jahan Dotson. Tinsley's a, a pretty nice consolation prize. He's going to be very fun to watch in this offense. Um, but as for now, we're looking we for transfers in on the offensive line. Yes, big time. Big time. As for now, we will watch this game on Saturday, New Year's Day. Uh, we will be rooting for the blue and white. We'll be hoping to see some magic from some guys maybe we haven't heard from. Uh, you know, maybe they'll surprise us. Uh, what do you got going on for New Year's? Anything fun? Nope. <laughs> Great answer. Zero plans. <laughs> You know, Zero plans. Are, are you normally a, not a New Year's guy? Or? I mean, I just don't know what I'm doing. Okay, I don't plan ahead for anything. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. I'm sure my girlfriend has something planned that I don't know yeah. about, that she's told me about, but sure. I don't remember. <laughs> Spoken like a true boyfriend. All right, well, thank you to all of the listeners. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us through uh, not a great year. Um, hope you all enjoy your New Year's, whatever plans you have. Hope you have a happy, healthy holiday season. Um, and, you know, we'll be here in the off season to chop it up for what will be another amazing year next year. Let's go out with a win. Go 1-0 this week. We are.